you so much, worship choir. Friends, it's good to be together in God's presence. If we haven't met before or if we met a long time ago, my name is Adam, and it's my joy to be one of the pastors here. Uh, I would contend that at its height, no show in the history of television in its prime was as funny as The Office. Absolute number one draft pick for me. Loved it. The story of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, uh, all the funny things that happened. And, and then something transpired. One of the main characters, Michael Scott, Steve Carell, the actor, left the show. They didn't renew his contract. So my other hot take is that after Steve Carell left the, left the office, unwatchable. Didn't watch it anymore. I haven't even seen the finale. No longer funny. Just wasn't the same. Another thought. Van Halen. This, now, this is probably more chest hair than you thought you'd get today. Uh, when we see the picture here. Oh, there it is, there it is. The 80s was wild. Van Halen, famous for its revolving door of singers. And a lot of people would say after DLR left, which stands for after David Lee Roth, the singer left, their greatness would never be equaled, right? Now, I, I take great care to try and speak to every generation. And so I had some excellent sermon research assi uh, assistance this week tell me that after Zane left One Direction, you know, they just wouldn't last. There was something about that lineup that, that just couldn't be replicated after he left. Some of these essential elements can't be replaced. And so friends, my question for us as we think about 2022 is what are the essential ingredients for us to have uh, a year ahead that allows us to grow into the people God is calling us to be? to be more faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're exploring in this three-week series called Essential. Now, I do wanna share with you that towards the end of our message, uh, we're gonna be hearing uh, a powerful testimony and opportunity, uh, but we're gonna be discussing a sensitive subject. And so if you have kids with you today, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to let them experience our, our first kids uh, programming down the hall here. You know, my intent is to respect and honor everybody, including a church member uh, and friend of mine who's, who's gonna be bravely sharing uh, some of her story. And I also wanna be sensitive to the fact that we've got different ages with us today. And I uh, just wanted to let uh, fellow parents know uh, what's coming up here in a little bit. Today, we'll be looking at what it means to experience real community. And what I hope we'll discover together as we study God's word is that fellowship is Christ's love made real. Now, like a lot of folks, uh, one of the most painful seasons in my life uh, was one of my parents got a divorce. Uh, some of you have experienced that on the child side, and some of you have experienced that uh, on uh, the side of being a spouse in that equation. I was 17 years old, uh, living in the great city of Cape Girardeau, and that first Christmas post-divorce was not one I was looking forward to because it would be the first Christmas where my family wouldn't be all together and it would just be this kind of reminder of our reality of how my family had been forever altered. Now, there are a few things I can think of that are more depressing than decorating for the first post-Christmas, post-divorce Christmas because half of our decorations weren't there anymore. One of the things you do in divorce proceedings is divide up all your stuff, including your Christmas stuff. And so what my dad and I discovered as we were trying to decorate is, oh, shoot, well, we only had one tree and we don't have it, right? 
And so in the process of that, we just kind of thought, well, what, how are we going to have a happy Christmas? How are we going to decorate if we don't even have a tree? Well, it turns out that one of the pastors my dad had worked with actually anticipated this need. And one night in early December, he showed up. There was a knock at our door and he showed up to our house and he had a tree for us. That, that to me was amazingly thoughtful. And then dad and I went to Target and we got some ornaments for our new tree. We came home, we put on John Denver and the Muppets like you do when you decorate the tree. And uh, I actually have, I brought one of the ornaments that we bought with me. I uh, hang this up every year. And it reminds me of how far we've come. And it also makes me think of Pastor Anselm. That was the guy who, who knocked on our door one cold December night and thought of a, a newly single dad in a single parent family and had anticipated our needs. He, we were on his mind. He's actually a pastor in Northwest Missouri. So I ran into him a couple times and I always give him a big hug and tell him how much that meant to us. Because in the middle of the worst thing to ever happen to me, the thing that I had prayed to God about explicitly not to happen, uh, when I was feeling very hurt, very alone, Anselm showed up. And in that moment, I knew that God was still with us. And so when we put the tree up, I felt for the first time, you know what? We're going to make it. I'll be forever grateful to Anselm and for the church that connected us because I experienced the love of Christ during a time of need. Like who doesn't want that? To really tangibly understand that God is with you through the love and care of the church. I've had this, these experiences over and over in the church, but I grew up a pastor's kid and even now as a pastor, you know, my experience of church is different than most folks because I walk into a service and most people will know me or by the end, you know, they will. But for most folks, finding connection and real community in the church can be elusive. You can be difficult. You gotta be intentional about it. It takes effort. So how do we get it? Last week, we looked at another essential ingredient for the Christian life and for what the church should be offering and that's biblical faith. You know, Jesus came to show us what true life really is and, and that one of the ways we come to know Jesus is through the scriptures. And these were written so that we would believe Jesus was the Messiah and that by believing we would have life in his name. But friends, not a self-sufficient life on our own. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism said that the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. There's no such thing as a Christian free agent. That's my little translation, I guess. <laughs> and in our scripture today, we're gonna see the mold that the earliest Christians set for us to follow. This is from Acts chapter two. Acts is short for Acts of the Apostles. It's the story of what happened next after Jesus ascended and left his work up to his followers. We'll start with verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So an apostle was someone who had learned directly from Jesus and had been sent out in his name to carry on his teaching. And then we get this funny word called fellowship. Well, what's that? So if you've been around church a long time, you may have seen some type of Christmas play or maybe had a potluck in a fellowship hall. 
Uh, even down the hall here at our church, we have a fellowship center. So apparently that's the location where the fellowship takes place, but that doesn't actually tell us what it is. The Greek word that the Bible, tra- that we translated in English as fellowship, that's the Greek word koinonia, and it means the act of sharing in the activities or privileges of a close association or group. Fellowship is a word rarely used outside of church. Uh, so I tried to think, okay, where else, where else do we hear this? What, what other context do we see this word fellowship used? You may have read the book or seen the greatest movie of all time, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, <laughs> right? And this fellowship was a group of people coming together around a common mission. Now for them, it was to destroy the ring of power in the fires of Mount Doom. For you, it's probably something a little less dramatic. But it's, it's this shared mission we have. So that's one element of fellowship. It's a common bond, a common bond. Now there's lots of bonds we can have in common with folks. Maybe your kid plays on a sports team uh, or, or you're on a, some type of team and, and there's a bond there or among the parents that go to tournaments or sit at practice or go, go to the, all the games. You kind of develop some kinship. Maybe uh, you pulled off a huge project with people at work you know, you've gone through the shared challenge and, and that's a bonding experience together. You, you can actually go to places online like meetup.com and you can find all sorts of things to bond over. I did a little research this week and found out you can actually take an intro to caving class through meetup.com right here in Kansas City. A lot of caves in Missouri. I don't know if you knew that. A little topography action for you today. Reminds me of Mr. Han. My, uh, my ecology teacher. Intro to caving. You can bond with people over all sorts of things. So what's the difference between any type of common bond you could have with folks and distinctly Christian fellowship? The difference is that your common bond together is becoming a better Christian. John Wesley called this going on to perfection. So the goal of Christian fellowship is to be influenced by these people you're on this shared journey with and emerge with the desire to be a better employee, a better parent, a better spouse. In short, a better person, a better Christian, the person God has created you to be. Because here's the thing, your kids will eventually join a different team. I coached flag football last fall, loved it. Guess what, season's over. I got assigned, it's so precious, all the kids, signed a picture frame and it's in my office, right? I got a team photo with all their little signatures and jersey numbers in my office right now. But next year, it'll be a whole different team. Uh, You may have these bonds with people at work and then you get a different job. Maybe you're transferred or promoted or somehow work somewhere else for some reason. You may not be that into caving. (laughs) And so a lot of the bonds we have with people end up being temporary. The bond of Christian fellowship matters for eternity. Now, most people I know, like I said, don't use the word fellowship outside of a church setting. It's probably followed by food and fun, right? Like, how many times have you heard that? (laughs) I shouldn't do that. I should go back and see how many times we've said that. (laughs) Fellowship is easier to experience than to explain. Because even if we cognitively understand like it's this common bond with people. Okay, well, what's that, what does that do? What's that actually look like? 
The only other context I've come up for fellowship is in an academic setting. This is where you get money for school, usually an advanced degree, and in exchange for that fellowship, you also give yourself to hold a certain position. So for instance, I have a friend who was a, a, a fellowship, got a fellowship at St. Paul School of Theology here in town, seminary. And also at the same time, she held an internship at Church of the Resurrection, a large Methodist church here in town. And so fellowship involved both receiving something and giving something. So there's a couple different layers to fellowship. In this one word, it's a multi-layered concept. It's this common bond with other people committed to becoming better Christians that are both giving and receiving. And this is exactly how the earliest Christians lived out fellowship. And what was the outcome of their common bond? We read this in verses 43 through 47. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. We see lots of miracles recorded in the Bible. And I think the earliest Christians doing this is one of them. It's a miracle for people to meet together daily. Did you, did you see that up on the screen or when Pastor Sherry read it? I think y'all are doing great by being at church one day on Sunday. Imagine doing something to this effect daily. I mean, I work here and that'd be a lot, right? So, so we've lost you know, some of the, the priority and commitment. That it's just hard to get your mind around what these people were doing. It's a miracle for people to share or sell their possessions in order to meet people's needs. And people took notice of how these Christians treated each other. Why was the church growing day by day? Because people were drawn to this fellowship because they could see that it made a real difference. That's the goal for this to matter. God was 17 years old when Pastor Anselm not only saved our Christmas, but gave me hope when I didn't have a whole lot. Now, he probably wouldn't tell you that he did all that much, but it mattered to me. I'll never forget it. Friends, the experience of fellowship is the love of Christ made real. Last week, we said in order to grow in biblical faith, you should consider joining a group, committing to a group, making space in your life to experience real community. I wanna invite my friend Esther uh, to come on up. Uh, she is a leader in our church. Uh, you may have seen her lead music at another one of our services. She's one of our most dedicated uh, volunteers and serving in our youth ministry. She helps lead every Sunday night. Uh, and she's also gonna lead a particular group this year. Good morning. I'm on, yay. Yeah, so like Adam said, my name's Esther, and uh, I'd just like to share a little piece of my story. Um, when I was 22, I was sexually assaulted by uh, a sibling's best friend. And when I shared that with the sibling, um, I was faced with a response that unfortunately, uh, the vast majority of people who have been affected by that have also faced. And uh, it was that I, 
they didn't believe me, then it was my fault. I should have done something different. And lastly, it was dismissed. So um, I never shared it with anyone else until 13 years later, uh, by the grace of God, I've been able to share it and through the gospel. Um, and I, I did want to encourage everybody that if anyone ever shares a trauma with you of any sort, I think it kind of goes across the board that just some responses that um, are comforting. And one of the best responses that I've uh, has been the most comforting to me is just thank you. Thank you for sharing. Because whether you realize it or not, um, they have just uh, been very, very vulnerable with you. And uh, in that moment, we just need, uh, we just need you, <laughs> just your ears, you know. I mean, you don't even have to say anything, maybe a hug or uh, just, I'm sorry you went through that or just, I'm here, you know, maybe prayers, but any of those are good responses. Um, and so um, after 13 years, I've finally been able to uh, talk about it. And when I started sharing uh, my experience, I came across a lot of shocking amount of people who had also been through the same thing. Not only had they been through the same thing, but they had also been met with the same responses. So uh, after talking to Pastor Sherry and Pastor Adam, I'm super excited. I know I'm crying, but they're, they're happy tears because uh, we're going to go through a small group. We're going to be uh, reading a book called Shame Interrupted. And uh, it's been a very important book to me that uh, has just helped um, show me that I'm, that I'm worthy of Christ's love. That uh, not only does he meet us in our pain, but he walks with us. And um, so I, on Monday nights, we're going to be going through this book. And uh, we are going to just be establishing some real community. And uh, I just hope that... Um, if you know anybody or if you yourself uh, would be interested, I would just be um, very uh, encouraging for you to come join me in that. And um, we can rejoice in the fact that uh, not only uh, that we are where we are weak, he is strong. So um, I'd like to uh, read Ecclesiastes 4.9 uh, for two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Thank you. Can we just affirm our friend? Esther, thank you so much. Thank you for your leadership. I hope one day uh, I aspire to have the guts that Esther does. You know, we originally talked about, uh, oh, we can do a video. And she was like, well, I could, I could come to all the services. I mean, she's just uh, an amazing leader here at our church. So again, we thank you so much. Friends, this is just one example of how people can come through our community that we share and find real healing. I'm proud to be a part of a church that talks about what's really going on and tries to meet real needs wherever people are at. And so what Esther's gonna lead is just one example of a lot of groups that we're trying to offer and, and give the opportunity to people to experience real community. 
Pastor Sherry mentioned there's a, a flyer she put together you can find in the lobby in our winter spring adult groups. You can go on our website, carneyfumc.org adults. There's just a ton of options on there. I'll be leading one or two. We got tons of different leaders. We're gonna be doing a book study on our next sermon series. Uh, it's, there's a, hopefully a lot of options. Uh, we've got some electronic options for you. So I know this is you know kind of a giant commercial here, but this is one of the main things our church needs to be doing is offering people the chance to have real community. We also know that folks have busy schedules and are in different seasons of life. And so on our website, if you go to carney.church or carneyfumc.org, you can scroll down and find Right Now Media. That's like the Netflix for Bible studies. And so if you can't find a group that really works with your schedule, then you can uh, potentially facilitate one and we've got content ready for you through this great subscription we have. Again, one of the most crucial things we can do as a church is provide opportunities to experience real community. I love what Romans 12, 15 says, that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So what these are about is both celebrating the, those, those big moments in life, those great things we experience to praise God and celebrate those together, right? Like last week I had the opportunity to visit with a family that just had their first baby. What a joy. And yet we also know that, that we don't just go from peak to peak, but that we also all face challenges. And so in real community, we can come together and lift each other up with the hands of Christ to provide real support and make a real difference. So we wanna to aim to do all of those things, to lift up those that are hurting and to celebrate with those that have so much to be thankful for, to share Christ's love in both the great celebrations of life and also its hardest challenges. Friends, that's true fellowship, Christ's love made real. I hope you'll consider making a commitment to real community in 2022. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today, for the chance to be together in your presence. We thank you for the witness and the courage to lead that Esther expressed. We thank you that this is a community where we can bring our, our hurt, our pain, other times our failures, our inadequacy, and be lifted up. God, we admit that so often our priorities can be misaligned and that sometimes it's easier just to try and go it alone. But God, that is not the Christian life you have called us to. So help us to seek out, to both receive and contribute to real community that this church would be a place that really can make a difference in the lives of people. We thank you for the community we share and your presence among us. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.